These are the stories of the brave, the strong, of the survivors. Hello and welcome to the After Dark Podcast. My name is Alexis Arroyo and I'll be speaking with Yareli, an advocate for those severely affected by domestic violence, by, by domestic violence as she shares her own personal story of this life-changing experience. Okay, thanks so much Yareli for taking the time to share your story today. I really appreciate it. Uh, hello, good evening. My name is Yareli. Okay, so I was um, to start off, I was wondering if you could maybe share a little bit more about your home life growing up and what the relationship was like between your parents. Yeah, of course. Um, well, I'm Hispanic and um, my parents were uh, married. Um, they got divorced when I was 18. I was more attached to my dad than I was to my mom. Uh, my dad uh, was a drug addict and a lot of issues and problems that we had, it was due to him um, being using drugs. Um, I always blame my mom. <clears throat> I always blame my mom uh, that we were having a lot of issues because of her, not my dad. But since I was growing older, I realized that all of the issues that we had and the problems, uh, they were due to my dad's um, addiction. So, okay, that sounds really... Thank you for sharing that. Onto the, I just also wanted to say, I wanted to ask, um, how, was your, how was your life like as a child, and how do you think domestic violence changed your life? When um, it comes to identity, I'm sorry. Well, I um, had a beautiful life and I would I wouldn't change anything at all whatever I went through made me the person that I am myself right now and like I said um, my dad he was my everything as well as my mom but um, had a good relationship with my dad and as years passed I actually assembled a good relationship with my mom as well <clears throat> Um, I found out about domestic violence when my parents got divorced and I was pregnant at that time. I was 18 and I moved into my parents' house when I was pregnant and I started seeing all of the issues that my mom was going through. And um, my mom was not able to sleep at all. I'm the oldest one of... of three kids in the family I'm 35 at the moment at that time I was 18 my brother was 12 and my little sister was 4 had to be the strongest person since I was the oldest one and had to protect my siblings at that time there were nights that we weren't able to sleep because my dad would be awake all night <clears throat> I found out that he was using meth. So while you use meth, um, you just don't sleep at night. You're just up all night and you sleep all day. Um, we were scared, um, not knowing what actually went through his head. Um, there was my, there was never, um, <clears throat> sorry. That, um, my dad never hit my mom but psychologically and mentally uh, he 
did a lot of damage to myself and my siblings more than myself. Um, so it was rough. It was hard. I was actually the one that that told him that he needed to leave the house because you just get into a point where you just can't do it anymore. I went to file restraining order against my dad and <clears throat> it was granted. I remember having my little kid and going to court with my mom and it was hard for me because I was so attached to my dad and to my mom that it was hard for me to see him on court hearings. Um, but the judge actually granted us the restraining order uh, for eight years. Um, <clears throat> as well as he sent us to domestic violence classes. Uh, I was already um, 18, so I didn't really have to go. But I actually went because my mom needed my support and my siblings did too. Do you think, do you think uh, what you went through as a child kind of prepared you? Not prepared you, but we talked about, we talked about it before we actually started the podcast. That you were in a relationship with your first um, boyfriend that you had your, your baby with sometime do you think what you went through with seeing your parents do you think that prepared you or kind of like that you think that prepared you or gave you like a gave you like um gave you like a i would say kind of do you think it prepared you for what would um what would happen what would eventually happen with with your husband when when with your boyfriend when he started um abusing you well it did not prepare me but i just uh myself um you never saw your dad hitting your mom he was a drug addict he abused you mentally not physically and he always treated me like a queen since i was a little girl so i told myself why would i be um letting this man which was my boyfriend to hit me when i had a little kid that it was months few months old and I just told myself no I'm not gonna tolerate this and I'm leaving him so I did you left you left him right there then and there yes so I didn't actually what I went with what I went through with my parents it didn't prepare me because I believe that we learn as we go and as we grow older I was really 18 at that time I mean who knows about love and and a relationship but um i just didn't tolerate any abuse coming from a man yeah and i actually wants that actually leads to the next question i have for you yet um according to an article uh, by john t floyd law firm conducted in 2017 in california um, it says that domestic violence is only considered a felony a federal crime when when abusers would cross state lines to do something to do something else to uh, to abuse another person, do you think do you think that all cases of domestic violence should be considered felonies, or should there be like a limit on what can be misdemeanors? What can like? Do you think so? I would love 
if all the domestic violence would be a federal crime. As I said earlier, uh, I did go to uh, my mom's classes where it's called Laura's House. And I remember that we used to go in the city in Westminster. I'm not able to share the location or anything because a lot of girls, a lot of people, a lot of women go there for help. And it's like a like a shelter for women and kids that go through domestic violence. And I remember that one of the professors that used to give those classes, she told us that um, this lady, she didn't show up for one of the classes. And I always ask questions. I was like, hey, uh, Professor Maria, why isn't the lady here today? And she goes, well, I had bad news for you guys. She actually um, met with her ex-husband to go out for dinner, and he ended up killing her. So there's a lot of risk out there, and it goes both ways, men and women, because a lot of men there go through domestic violence as, as women. <clears throat> so yeah, I would consider, and I would love for this to go as a... Uh, as a, as, a as a felony as a felony for mm-hmm. all counts yeah correct yeah so there's as we know there's a lot of uh when it comes to domestic violence it comes to, um there's a lot of variables that that there's there's a lot of variables cons- to consider when charging someone i feel like sometimes <coughs> abusers can get away with stuff because if they're charged with misdemeanors or if they have a uh, if they're charged with misdemeanors that doesn't really um prevent them from kind of doing something again to to the to their um significant others so i also agree with you that i think that most in most cases domestic violence should be considered felonies because there's so many cases there's so many cases of um of people trying to get protective orders against other people and then it being denied because it was just a, misdeme- a misdemeanor like from like past rec- like recent history between the two people <clears throat> and that and the abusers take advantage of that and they, it can just lead to other it could just lead to other things mm-hmm. like actually people getting killed because right. they try to get help but since they saw it was like nothing really that serious then nothing really that right. serious nothing it's, really happens and then the restraining order it, they just don't grant the restraining order or they always say like oh there's not enough evidence oh he didn't hit you or there's no blood involved uh he only broke the window and, and yeah and since those uh restraining orders are not given to the um to the person then it sometimes it escalates to another uh, matter and yeah a lot of people have died women and especially women that I know when we were in those classes because every restraining order was never given to them and she was there yeah it's extremely <clears throat> sad it's extremely sad and unfortunate for people who are going through this in domestic violence we actually have at least one more question I wanted to ask yeah, you before course. we end before we end this podcast <clears throat> um, we know that I know that we had a conversation that you're actually following to get a degree in criminal justice and especially because you want to um, you want to focus on helping people from helping people that are going through this how do you think 
um, how do you think domestic violence and you going through this is going to help you in the future with your criminal justice degree? And how do you think it impacted your identity? Impacted your identity? How, like, just, I just want to ask, how do you, how did, um, did you going through domestic violence really help you shape the way you are today? Oh, yes, it did, definitely. Uh, I consider myself a strong, intelligent, independent woman. Uh, I'm a mom of two boys, a 17-year-old and a 14-year-old. I'm a single mom. Um, I'm back at school. I'm taking criminal justice. Um, I will <clears throat> graduate as a paralegal as well. And I will love to be a detective for um, special um, cases. Um, so, yeah, it did help me a lot. And... Like I said, I will never change anything that I went through because it made me the woman that I am as of today. And I love helping people. I volunteer to help charities, to help um, Laura's house. And um, I have a lot of professors that are there for me, supporting me through in my career. And because they know, they know what I what I've been <clears throat> through. And I love sharing my story because. Uh, Hispanics sometimes we don't know that there's help out there we don't like talking about it because we think that that there no there's no one there to help us but there's a lot of help out there so if you're going through domestic violence please reach out for help all right thank you so much Adelie. I just want to really I really appreciate you coming on and talking about your experiences and I just want to say thank you for thank you for your time and thank you for talking on this podcast you're very welcome and I apologize because um I was a little nervous, but yeah, you're very welcome. Okay. Thank you. It's okay. All right, then. Well, this was today's episode of the After Dark podcast. I'd like to thank Yareli for being here and talking for her own experiences. Would you like to say anything else? Or just like a little goodbye before we end? Yeah. Um, whatever you go through, remember that there's always um, a new beginning. And always reach out to people if you're going through something. Um, there's always... Uh, a new day and always keep moving forward all right thank you so much Ereli. you're welcome